Take the guesswork out of your cannabis shopping with the ECS DNA kit by Endocana Health. If you take pride in your canna nerdiness or are just canna curious, this kit empowers you to find more about the best cannabis choices. Right now, you can save 25% off your DNA test at endodna.com using promo code POD25. Your purchase includes the Endo DNA Collection Kit, Endo Decoded Report, personalized cannabinoid and terpene suggestions, and Endo Align products matching in your state. There will also be suggested dosage guidelines and optimum methods for inhalation or usage. Once you know your personal ECS data, you can shop Endo supplements tailored specifically for you. And right now, Endo DNA is celebrating their new patent with a buy one, get one offer on their Afika Soft Gel lineup. And since I know that many of you struggle with sleep, I want to highlight Afika Unwind, created to support health sleep cycles using patented proprietary formulations of hemp-derived CBD, terpenes, and essential oils. If sleep is eluding you, sweet dreams are in your future. Buy one for yourself and get one for a friend at endodna.com. And don't forget promo code POD25 at the checkout for 25% off your DNA test kit. This is The Cannamom Show, a podcast chronicling the inspiring stories of real women in the emerging cannabis industry. Your host, Joyce Gerber, mom, lawyer, political activist, has been speaking with women from coast to coast who are leaders in the revolution of cannabis and caregiving. Now, in season two, The Cannamom Show continues on its mission to empower women-centric cannabis businesses by sharing their stories with you. Go make yourself a cup of tea or roll yourself a joint. Sit back and learn something new about this magical plant on The Cannamom Show with Joyce Gerber. And now, live from the Tip O'Neill Studios in North Cambridge, Massachusetts, it's The Cannamom Show with your host, Joyce Gerber. Joyce! Thank you, Dave. That was perfect. So welcome back. We made it to February. How are you feeling about that? It's going to be a cruel February and probably kind of a cruel March, too, because there's nothing True. to do. There's no place and to go. And it's snowing. <laughs> and now so, it's snowing. Yeah, so. One of the things I do when it's snowing is I have a lot of books. I have like a pile of books back here that I want to recommend. So um, I'm just going to go through a quick thing before I introduce the guests. So one of the things I've been sort of talking about all the time, pot, politics and religion and one of the books I read was called Unholy, because I'm trying to understand the evangelical perspective on Trump. Seriously, I just it, it confuses me and it frustrates me. And I read this book called Unholy. It was a reporter who's been embedded with the religious right for a while and just sort of tells the story how the evangelical movement, they have very strong leaders and they're they're telling their people who are listening to them some bad stuff, which yeah. frustrates me. Yeah. But so I don't, I recommend this book because it's, if you want to understand it, this explains it. Like I get it. Eye opening. Yeah. Eye opening. Yeah. But you know, I love this new thing, Clubhouse, social media, Clubhouse. I've heard of Clubhouse. Yeah. You've heard. Yeah. I've been Mm -hmm. popping into rooms. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Very random. And there's a Christian cannabis room on Sunday nights. Mm -hmm. Christian cannabis. Christian cannabis. Well, there's got to be a Christian for everything. So (laughs) that reminded me, I'll tell you a very quick anecdote, but. You know, I have a, a relative who was posting things on social media, quoting the Bible and wishing Trump and Pence well and thanking them. And as if, like you say, the they're the candidates of the right. I pointed out to 
my relative who's Catholic, I said, Joe Biden's Catholic. And actually, he's a pretty good Catholic. He's an observing Catholic. And Trump couldn't name a Bible verse, not one, when he was asked to. <laughs> so you might be on the wrong team here. So that is literally, that encapsulates my issue with this. I don't understand it. So um, I read this, and the Christian cannabis people are actually giving me so much hope because I don't really probably belong in that room, but I've been listening every Sunday night, and they are just fascinating to me. And these preachers, and it's this actually book, Unholy, is a lot about the white evangelical movement. The, a lot of these people on this website, this, the clubhouse, these were black mm-hmm. evangelical leaders who had been told it was the devil's leaf. Is that or the? <laughs> I get what they say it is. Yeah, some very awful term. And reefer madness. They are now. Yeah, they are now. They are evangelicals for this plant because they can see the healing property. So that actually gave me a lot of hope because these leaders are strong and their people will listen to them. So that was actually kind of hopeful. Well, and- cannabis pr- promotes well-being it promotes health and as such as an extension i would say it promotes kindness and there i think there is a kindness within the cannabis industry isn't it i hope so look at you a convert i'm so proud of you okay so and one more thing so if you're a mom or dad because this always starts with education entertainment and maybe a little empathy but really education so i have a book by my friend miss kindness about it's called the root family very special garden you want to read it to your children if you want to understand it at a very basic level. I might read it to my mom because I think it'll help her. Mm. <laughs> All right. So that those are my book recommendations for today. Will, um, you, will your mom so, be returning to the show in season two? Because she was great in season one. I know. And she's been very anti-cannabis. And I will say, I can say this now. She finally met with my friend Sherry Tuckus, the cannabis RN that I love so much and has been on the show. And as working with my mom to get her into some CBN or CBD and CBN for some sleep things, which I think is really important because just because I've been doing this for three years and I get interviewed on another podcast, why would she listen to me? But she's Mm. listening to my friend, Sherry. (laughs) (laughs) Sounds like a Jewish mom. (laughs) It's very typical. So anyways, all right, so let's go to our guests. I'm sure their parents never did anything weird like that with them. (laughs) All right. This week, this week we are continuing with our mission to meet women founding cannabis businesses together. And this is a story you're going to love. We are speaking with the CEO and CRO of Kimia Manufacturing in California. Their CEO is on a mission to bring love, support, and encouragement to the world. She is a native of Northern California cannabis culture, where her passion for manufacturing came from her understanding of the plant's healing properties. Kimia's CRO is a people person and is a recognized cannabis industry leader with over 13 years of marketing sales, business development, and operations leadership. Together, these ladies are building an amazing brand with an all-star team of legacy operators and business experts. Please welcome to the Cannamom Show, Mindy Galloway and Mandy Tingler, founders of Kimia Manufacturing in Northern California. Welcome, ladies. Thank you, Joyce. We're so excited to be here. Hi, Joyce. Thank you. So just like, so just identify your voices so my listeners know who who is talking. Yeah, so this is Mandy. And this is Mindy. Okay, so (laughs) we have to do it a couple more times. So let's just start personal stories. I'm not, one of you was growing pot in the attic or cannabis in your own attic and breaking stigma. All right, let's start with you. Yeah, Yeah, let's see. Back in um, the early 2000s. This is Mandy. 
Sorry, Mandy. Um, when I was a newlywed, my husband and I were really, we were cannabis consumers. And frankly, we got tired of having to try and find it all the time. And then he really has an, a green thumb. He loves to grow vegetable gardens and all of this. And so he asked me what I thought about growing some cannabis. And I thought, sure, why not? But where are you going to do it? And he goes, in our attic. And at the time we had a one-story house and the attic access was just over our bedroom closet which is what we have here so i went get a yeah. ladder how'd yeah. you get up there <laughs> so we had a ladder and eventually we we installed like one of those drop down ladders where you it's retractable right we eventually installed that but at the time when we started doing it my husband had a, a four-year-old son and one night he my husband was up in the attic and i was in the living room with our kiddo and I wasn't paying cl close attention. Lucas ends up going down the hallway and into the closet and sees his dad coming out of the attic and he comes down and runs and tells me that his dad was climbing out of the ceiling. And I said, oh, but I go, you weren't supposed to see that. And he was really into superheroes then. And so I told him, I was like, hey, if you can't tell anybody, but your dad has a secret hideout up there and he's helping Batman. There you go. <laughs> he's like, Whoa. He was like, I won't tell anyone. And then, so, um, so wait, what year is this? Yeah. What year was this? What year are we talking oh about? God, this was, let's see, 2005. Okay. So early, early cannabis. Okay. Yeah. All right. So that, so, and, and is that, so did your relationship with cannabis goes way back, I assume, or? Yeah, that... <laughs> when I was 17. Um, okay. I really started doing it at the time to cope with some depression. I had lost my best friend who was hit by a car and for the first time in my life I really experienced like real tragedy right mm -hmm. and I was very sad about it. I was very depressed I didn't realize at the time that I was depressed but I most definitely do now right Looking I think that's that's a common story I hear yeah 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 and so it made me feel happy and like I could enjoy life again right and, and then as I got older, and ironically, my husband was the one who introduced me to it also. Yeah. So. <laughs> it's a good relationship. Not anymore, but he was the first person that introduced me to cannabis and mm -hmm. was the first person that I did any kind of illicit market act activity with. Sorry, so Mandy, when you were like in this world, did you, was this just like, used, most of my guests, they kind of understood it worked for their bodies, but they didn't know why it worked. Were you sort of in that category? Absolutely. And I think that I was, I, I grew up in a pretty conservative household and so I was really worried about being judged and stuff. So it was always a very big secretive thing. My parents weren't cannabis consumers, no one around me that was an adult visibly engaged in it. And so for me, it was a thing that you weren't supposed to do. Right. 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 Um, but I also was like, how is it that this is so bad when it's helping me? That's, yeah. that's, that's the conundrum. That's what we find ourselves in story after story. And so, Mindy, what was your connection to it? How did you come into this? Yeah, industry? so as my bio said, I grew up in Northern California. So it was just something that was around me all the time when I was a teenager. My friend's parents grew and we would go and trim and then we'd have a lot of excess material. And so the point was to make everything that you can with the different parts of the plant. So waste none and, and continue. So we were making, I was making hash when I was a teenager and different products and butter and everything that you can think of. And, and what years were this? What year are you talking about? 
what era? Um, it was 2004, 2005, okay. like around there. Okay. And it was something that you just did as, as a teenager and my life was just encompassed in it. But at the same time, it wasn't really something that people would consider a career. I wasn't going home and telling my mom like, yeah, they got this good job, you know, doing this. She would look at me like I was crazy. And then also, you yep. know, being people like, you can't go and get a job and put on your resume. Yeah, I was trimming for two years. And, and I, know, I, I know how to make can of butter. Yeah, that wasn't really yeah, a skill set back then, but it's a skill set now. Back then, it was very, it it was very underground. Can trim two yeah. pounds per day. <laughs> and then different things started happening. The Prop 215 collectives in California. So everybody had, had a small business and they were opening up. And then I started my um, professional you know, career with cannabis. But the thing that connected me to it the most is the plant medicine and the healing properties. I'm very connected to also the indigenous way of life. I've studied very many things. I'm much into meditation and healing and different things like that and using natural medicines and adaptogenics and different kinds of herbs to be able to naturally heal the body versus, you know, taking things with synthetics that can take a toll on your body and getting into the more professional cannabis world. It was where I learned very quickly that you had to be educated. Like a lot of doctors and different medical professionals, they weren't taught, you know, about cannabis in school. So of course I didn't know anything. So people were going to the dispensaries and they were going to the deliveries. And later on, I ended up linking up with a dispensary who is our other business partner for Kamiya, Kimberly Cargyle. And she was really big on education because the people that would come into the dispensary, you're their first line of knowledge. Exactly. With what they're asking for, what their specific needs are. And you have to be able to at least understand and educate them on how to find what product that's going to work the best and, you know, how to even document and figure it out too. And, so. and, and, this is, and there's so much to know. So I talk, I've been doing this for a couple of years. I don't have any medical background and this is all new to me. And the cannabinoids, cannab- CBN, CBG, C- there are all these so many layers of this thing that I'm having trouble just saying the word endocannabinoid to people and them hearing that. So <laughs> the idea that there's the layering upon layering is so important. That's why we keep talking about education. All right. So let's talk about your business. How'd you guys like you're like, I don't know, unicorns. How'd you find each other? How'd you get in this together? And yeah. yeah, well, Mindy and I have one more partner at Kamiya. Her name's Kimberly and Mindy and I all kind of came together uh, several years ago in the industry, mostly as people who were lobbying and advocating for cannabis like legalization. And really the three of us have played a really heavy handed role in creating what the marketplace looks like in our community and in the state. And then and- can you describe where you are? I did say Northern California, but if people more specific, politics oh, yeah. all, like like tip says all politics are local so where really are you Camilla is located in sacramento yeah okay. in california a lot of the advocacy comes we're mm-hmm. from the state capital and so right. things change in sacramento and so we almost have this obligation yeah. to go out there and speak our voice and do what we need to do yeah. and the california cannabis industry had changed for a, a 
huge change. So we went into having small Prop 215 collective small businesses into full-fledged commercial cannabis legislation. And so there was a jump in having to get a license and the barriers to entry that came with those licenses. Lots of barriers. So Camille was- I, I talk about this, at like California is like the wild west. I don't know what's going yeah. on out there. Well, before <laughs> Prop 64 started, imagine this, there was like 3,000 plus dispensaries throughout the state. Now there's just about 1,200, I think, yeah, in the state. And that's, and that's climbing as the time yeah. went on. So. And overnight, like yeah. literally when the law changed overnight, all these businesses went out of business. Yeah. So Camille was formed as a way. So the root word of Camille is chemistry and alchemy. So it's transmutation. So taking the raw plant form and then transmuting it into another kind of formulation that can really help for specific issues. But it was originally created as a way for the legacy manufacturers. We could all come together because you you can't do one, you can't do anything alone, especially if you're going into the big realm of this new commercial cannabis legislation. And there were so many talented people that had been creating products and doing what they're doing for 10 years. And all of a sudden, maybe their city says that they can't do it or mm -hmm. something happened. And so the original idea was formed as a way to bring these formulators together. Kind of like create a mothership space yeah. for them to come under and continue bringing their medicine to the market, mm -hmm. but not have to to worry about all the complicated logistics of managing a legally operating cannabis entity. Which is, again, so we talk about this on the show. There's layers and layers of regulations. We Cannabis has everything there is in the real world, only a little upside down. Everything is specialized, the lawyers, the risk management, the attorneys, everything has to be really careful. So you know how to make a product. You've been making a great product for years and years, and you can get caught up in this system because honestly, it doesn't really make that much sense, but you need to work with someone who knows what they're doing to get you through. So that's what these ladies are setting exactly. up. We also, yeah. we also saw this need that the cannabis industry had something unique, right? We can be an Excel woman leadership in this space. Mm -hmm. And so when we create our- And on top of everything else, they want to help women. <laughs> <laughs> So we put together, um, our whole founding team is women, mm -hmm. our executive team, and then we have an all-women advisory board mm -hmm. of other women from different areas outside of cannabis that can help us take our company to the next level, and we want to infuse that. So a lot. when me and Mandy first met, we actually screened the movie Mary Jane's Women of Weed in Sacramento. Yeah, we did a, a, a and, art show and movie production. Yeah, so we've been working together- oh, for a long time on different projects and just the values and the passion that I saw within Mandy and I saw within my other partner, we were on the same level, the same vibe. And so we knew that we can take this mission and we can put it into command and we can take that and run with that and be really accomplish all that we were wanting to. Again, like, so what year is this? What year are you talking when you first so started? together like in 2017 right before okay. prop 64 in california came on and i always say that we started camia for two reasons number one we wanted pre-prop 64 manufacturers to be able to have a place to continue making their medicine just, can you just like do a quick pre-prop just because i this is a nasty whatever nobody people don't know the legit the minutia of it so just explain quickly what the big differences was or why it was so important just, so okay. it before adult use came into California, the organ the e industry was run as a nonprofit, right? The medical 
side of things, if you will. And there was not half the barriers to entry or to being in the market. Anybody could get a spot in the right city and open operations and legally be allowed to operate. But under Prop 64, there was a lot more licensing and regulatory accomplishments that everyone needed, which required significant financial backing. And many municipalities all over the state were saying, no, you cannot get a license here. We aren't ready. We aren't going to do it or whatever their reasoning was. But the local rule, that's kind of what we have in Massachusetts. I talk about yeah. it all the time. So yeah. There was only really in the very beginning, there's only about three or four major markets throughout the state, LA, San Francisco, Oakland and Sacramento were really the big markets. But now San Diego and there's a lot of other communities that have opened up a lot more licensing. And so that was the big reason why we wanted to be able to have these uh, people who the industry was built on their backs have a home still. And then secondarily, we also really wanted to put a brand for women in the marketplace because when we were looking at what was in the market, only about 5% of the brands were targeting either a gender neutral or female consumer. And what we learned between 2018 and 2019 in the first year of adult use in California is that the female cannabis consumership went up 92%. Oh, yeah. And this is a can of mom show. And we talk about this all the time, how when I kids were growing up, I could drink an entire bottle of wine. No one batted an eye. But if I had smoked a joint or a couple of hits, life would have been easier. So I am an evangelist for this now. And I don't want moms at home drinking alcohol because it's going up. It really is. And everyone is under so much stress. I see it around me. My kids are old now. But yeah, the ladies and you got to feel comfortable. You can't it has to be a comfortable, we like to shop, but it has to be a comfortable experience. So I was reading an article yesterday that ever since the start of COVID suicide rates are up like 200% opioid addiction, addiction related deaths are up 233% in many communities and childhood suicide rates are at an all time high. So, yeah, so it's just, it's a crazy time right now. And I just can't help but think that if people understood cannabis as an option, I really feel like, and not turning to alcohol because yeah. alcohol just depresses you further. Right. Uh, but we've normalized it. So it's sort of a different conversation, but the idea with alcohol that we've completely normalized it, like you can watch yeah. Ana Gardner at yeah. nine o'clock in the morning, making a cocktail so big, it would put a football player under and she's like well no one's coming over and I'm going to drink it and she laughs so that's a very weird normalization Mm -hmm. anyway so it's very unhealthy so this is the conversation I like to have to women who are consuming cannabis on a regular basis and are very productive obviously (laughs) and you're healthier I think yeah no you absolutely (laughs) are there's I think there is we obviously don't have any research behind it but wouldn't you say that there's something behind the fact that People who utilize a lot of cannabis are not having as many complications with COVID. I really think there's something there. I really do. Yeah. All right. So let's go back to you. Okay. So you have this awesome idea and you're working, who are you working with? Who are you gathering together? Who are the women you're working with and why are they joining you? Sure. Do you want to field this one or do you want me to go? Yeah. So we picked for advisory board prominent people in the Sacramento area that were experts. We have two PhD PhDs, like very smart women, one in chemistry, one in microbiology, a GMP specialist so that when we can open up for federal legalization that our manufacturing facility will be fully GMP compliant, we can apply for a certification, a business 
organization like leadership development, lawyer, and an inventor and a product um, designer who had patents. So kind of, oh, and don't forget Rosie. We have Rosie Matteo just joined our Oh, you did? I like Rosie. Yeah. From Matteo Public Relations. Yes. Yes. So um, she's going to be a guest soon, someday. I don't yeah. she <laughs> she's coming dynamite. <laughs> she's dynamite yeah just getting everybody into the same room the energy is so dynamic it's so full like I feel just the support that you can get and, and can you just get a sense can you get a sense to my listeners just like what these women think they're coming into this industry for what do they want to add to it like everyone's got some value to add to it so at, I, yeah. I think that the cannabis space is the space where I think it'll be the first industry where women really have the opportunity to come in and lead and dominate. That's what I think. That's what I keep talking about at my little micro leadership level. So my, yeah, my whole idea is a, a little bit different. Like me coming from the role of the CEO, my two most important, well, there's a couple of important things. So one is building the team. The second is creating the culture of the company. And mm. I think that's women. That's very smart. Very smart. Yeah utilizing this in an industry that is a little bit more I would say other half of the brain right yeah. so mm-hmm. we embrace creativity we embrace intuition and it's an opportunity to be able to run your business in a different way so what I always like to say is heart-centered leadership that values stewardship over hierarchy and using different values and my natural feminine ability I can't be like other people because I'm just me and I want to embrace that and I want to thrive off of the way that I can run my business and I can do different things. And so that's been really important to me going into, we fully embrace, embrace men. We have a lot of men. No, I say this too, because this is my mantra. I'm always like, I'm just done trying to fit into someone else's world. And I want to create a world where I'm comfortable. You can join me here. Come on over. But I'm just, I'm done being the only one in the room. I'm done having to dress up because you think it's pretty. Yeah. That philosophy works great in this industry because we're making the rules as we go right now. So why not make that one of the rules, right? Yeah. And caregivers. That's my other thing. So my my professional story is I'm 55. My children are grown now. But every time I dropped out because I was the caregiver, there was just another nick on my professional life, another nick until I really couldn't get back in. So I'm hoping that we can create an industry where we recognize humans don't take care of themselves and that when you have to take care of an older person or a younger person, you're allowed to have time and you can come back because your brain still works. <laughs> so that's what I hope for you ladies will create. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. People need to be able to go back after going through something like that because you need to get back to some kind of normalcy. It's just a really repetitive cycle of misfortune if we aren't paving that that way. Yes. Well, I just love that you're building this world because I talk about it all the time, but I'm not doing it, but you guys are doing it. So that's good. All right. So you guys are moms, right? Okay. All right. Do you have how old? Teenagers? How old? I have a 14 year old son and a 10 year old daughter. All right. So you're kind of in it. (laughs) All right. So are you you the Nancy Botwin of what I of Granite Bay? Who's definitely (laughs) the Nancy Botwin of Granite Bay? Absolutely. Yeah. My friends who are non cannabis people tease me of that all the time. So this is Mandy. Yeah. Mandy's the Nancy Botwin. Uh, all right so this is sort of the impetus the start of the show was really how do you talk to your kids and you know what I've just been learning over and over again because this is new to me and I didn't really have to talk to my kids in a good way about cannabis when they're little there's that whole it's medicine it's activation it's inebriation this is especially as they're getting to be teenagers so are you having what are your conversations and how do you yeah do their friends talk to you what's that 
like absolutely so i take that role as my job as a parent and a cannabis activist very seriously i always warn my children's friends parents that if your kid asks me questions i'm going to be honest <laughs> mm -hmm. i'm not going to pretend like i don't use cannabis they're going to ask me questions about my job i'm going to explain to them but the conversation with my kids is just progressive it started when they were really young Right. When my daughter was about three or four years old and yeah, she you could have used the garden book. This is like, right? so <laughs> right. And my son is four years older than her. So I really started a conversation with them around more of a, a talk about prohibition, not necessarily okay. about the plant in general, but about like many years ago, alcohol was illegal here in the United States. And I talked about what that was like. And I said, and alcohol has a lot of downsides to it. So I could see why people were so concerned about it. But I said, there's this plant that has also been treated the same as alcohol was, only it's still illegal, right? But it's been medicine for people. And so I had this whole conversation with my kids one day. And I remember my daughter so innocently at the end of it all goes, mommy, it's just so silly that people can't get their medicine. Can't you just call the president and tell him? <laughs> mom <laughs> yeah and I was like I'm working on that kid <laughs> any day now well I think I've been talking about this so the new science cabinet position Eric Lander is actually belongs to my temple so I know him and I've been talking about getting a cannabis I think cannabis needs to be a federal seat in the cabinet somewhere it's in the science so next time when I'm sitting next to Eric I'll be like dude yes. I have an idea <laughs> I'll direct him to you but first of all, being a kid who grows up in a house of a single, or actually, I don't even like the term single mom anymore. I'm going to call it independent mom because I choose to be single. <laughs> I, and I was a divorce attorney. So amen. I support you. <laughs> um, independent. So what's interesting for them is they see me living our life, right? I take care of them. They see me leading people at our business. They understand that cannabis is a medicine and it also is something that people can use in social situations. They really get the functionality of it. They can answer basic questions about it. They can tell you which products that they're allowed to use, like topicals. I let them use those freely, yep. uh, including like bath bombs and lotions. Both of my kids take a daily dose of CBD that has has one milligram of THC to it. Yep, it's on recording. Put it on the air. I'm doing it. Guess what, guys? Because it works better. <laughs> both my kids are, um, my son has struggles with some anxiety and both my kids have ADD. So it helps them kind of dial in and kick their morning off in a little bit more productive and calm manner. And I think at the end of the day, when I'm conversating with my son right now, the dialogue is shifting. It's very much so him coming to me and telling me a lot of his friends are using cannabis. They're getting vape pens. They're getting access to edibles. They're doing this and that. This is nothing that kids haven't been doing ever since I was a kid or you were a kid or like of course. anybody, right? So the most important thing that I can do at this point is talk to him about how to identify safe cannabis, right? Yeah looking for the batch labels on the back and, and making sure that it's a reputable company and talking to him about the fact that I know you will eventually try this. You're going to. Yeah. And it's okay. And I'm not going to be mad at you. I just want you to like be honest with me. And we need to also fully understand that your brain does not stop growing until you're about 25 years old. It's when it's fully formed. So anything you put in your body right now, 
may or may not have a long-standing effect. You need to just keep that in mind, right? And don't you think they find it kind of boring? Because you know all about it. It's like, this is your yeah. thing. Like, it's such a boring thing. Why would I want to even try it? Because my mom knows all about it now. You're, like, you're making it dull for him. You ruin it for him. <laughs> I'm never going to do cannabis, mom. I'm never going to do it because it's just like, that's what you do. And I'm like, oh, good grief. So it's not cool because I do it. Yeah. So anyways, I mean, so that's perfect. I said that my kids, when I had my cannabis awakening, they're already teenagers. And basically I said, everything I know is wrong. And that's how we started over. Mm-hmm. But there's that's the truth of it about those vape pens. I wouldn't have known literally. I wouldn't have known anything about vape pens. I didn't even know what they were. I didn't know what vitamin E. Was. I didn't know any of this. But I was in the industry and kept going to these meetings. Yeah. And I found out my daughter was getting it from some kid at the high school. And I'm like, yeah. oh my god. And now they all think I'm cool, which is funny, funny. Okay. <laughs> so, Mindy, are you working with the legacy operators? Is that your sort of mission, or what's what's how are you working with that world? Yeah, so we are continuing. So I've been working with people and meeting everybody. I was part of that world. So just continuing on like my network and my relationships throughout that time. And one of our newest products was our first formulation of our manufactured products with a legacy operator. So I was really happy and excited. And then that's our next step. So we're still on the climb and we're still implementing different SKUs, new launches, and we're going to continue, you know, to work with legacy operators in order to launch some of our new products. Yeah. It's been, there's a lot of opportunity out there and there's a lot of opportunity right now. There's a big push for social equity companies and things of that nature. And there's a lot of opportunities and other people that could qualify by any means under social equity, but for some other reason or not their city won't let them or they don't meet the paperwork qualifications and so that's one thing that not only are we verified social equity company but we're an ally for other people so are you actually going are you guys going out and connecting with people or people coming to you or both how's that working okay i am very deep into advocacy for social equity. So I come from Sacramento where we do have a social equity program. So we formed an organization of operators because we found that a lot of people wanted to speak on behalf of social equity operators, but they weren't really talking to social equity operators. And yeah, it's common. underestimated. I felt like we can get a lot of things done. We don't want to the city to waste money for somebody to tell us that we need an accountant. Like we need somebody who can help us with the pro forma so we can go out and pitch. Right. So it's right. like we're at a certain level where we need to get things going and we need to do it. So I sit on the board for an organization called the United Core Alliance in Sacramento. And then also I am co-chair for the Diversity and Social Inclusion Committee for the California Cannabis Industry Association. And there is we are trying to do more kind of values around corporate responsibility because if our industry does not take it serious seriously from the inside how are we going to ask the legislature how are we going to ask cities and counties to take it seriously and then second of all building the connected supply chain within our industry because we are required to work together right like when we buy products we want to buy 
from farms that are women-owned, legacy-owned, social equity, Black-owned, and LGBTQ, and we need to create that connected supply chain within our industry. So it's something that we do on the daily, reach out to other people, people reach out to us, we connect with others, and most importantly, we just try to all lift each other up and be the leaders of this industry because I think that we have the opportunity to, and I think that's what, what it should be. And that's yeah, you're, you're kind of you're right there. And I will say just because we're in Massachusetts, we've had this issue already come up. I don't know if there's any, and this, this is so state specific, but sort of the little guys out here, the social equity issues in Massachusetts are similar to everywhere. And we have a dispensary license issue that has come up and the big guys were going to sue and the little guys, they rose up and they, they stopped it, which is kind of interesting, yeah. but it's kind of contained within Massachusetts, but you can see it if this is a federal issue. I know there's got to be some way to build these coalitions or it's not going to, it's just going to be like any other industry. Well, and one of the things that we also, as a collective leadership team at Kamiya, we're always looking to speak to other industry leaders who have good intentions, but perhaps just don't know how to help the cause for social equity applicants. A lot of people assume that social equity applicants aren't good business operators for some reason. We're excellent business operators. We do a fantastic job. What we need as a social equity brand is we need dispensaries to perhaps stop charging slotting fees to us and get us an opportunity to sell our product on the shelf. You yeah, know, yeah. I need you to tell us how to manage our social media or how to, you know, yeah, yeah. open the playing field and like use our products and don't get, don't put up barriers. Stop, stop putting up barriers. Yeah. The main thing I think for supporting social equity is to support, you know, small businesses, right? Because we will get there and we will eventually get there. But the number one barrier to entry is financing for always about money. Always about money. Always about money. Why is it always about money? <laughs> certain place that meant that I didn't have connections to the investment world. We came from cannabis. We didn't come from tech. We didn't come from anywhere else. And so we do what we can with the resources that we have available and we're going to scale and grow and we're not going to stop because that's our mission is to get there just Mm -hmm. alongside of everybody else. But for the meantime, it's that growth for community and for small businesses. And we need to think about that when we think of legislation. We need to think about that when we think about Mm -hmm. social equity and how we can support the small businesses within this community in order to thrive. Yeah, in California, the marketplace is very much so set up for large companies. Small businesses really need, like the number one question I get asked actually is what is the secret to keeping your company afloat? And I said, if you don't have a strong working agreement with very specific alliances within your company, if you don't have some LOIs and you know memorandums of understanding between different business operators in the industry where you guys are a collective group supporting one another, you need to get on that. You're never going to be able to go up against the big dogs if you don't create your alliances now. Even right now, we are actually um, talking to you from Gold Seal in the city of San Francisco. We are down here because we're doing a collaborative product with them. They're a craft indoor cannabis grower here in San Francisco, and they're absolutely amazing. So we're down here to have a meeting with them. Okay. So, so we're kind of, I got to like, I, I do want to come back and talk to you after running up on our time. So just when we come back, I want to talk about your products, who you're working with, because this is exciting. And I always talk about what a crazy mess California is, because I don't understand it. <laughs> so you are honestly, this is really for me, you're really kind of explaining a little bit more to me how this is working and 
how we can sort of break into it. So, all right. So back on the other side with my friends, Mandy Tingler and Mindy Galloway of Chemia Manufacturing. We have so something a little bit different today, no sponsorship, but in my past life, I was a manager for a rock band. It's true. Angry Toddlers. <laughs> and their lead guitar player, Josh Lampkin, is he's still making music. He actually wrote the theme song of the Canon Mom show. So right now, I just want to play something he wrote during the pandemic. I think it's sort of an anthem for his generation called We All Live in Hell. Give it a listen. We'll be back on the other side. We all live in hell. Day by day, but nothing ever changes. I'm tired of waiting for a difference now. Let's turn this around. We all live in hell. to go yeah. and he's been waiting to tour for years <laughs> that's a really it's a it's the message is a little bit pessimistic shall we say <laughs> or i don't know or he, I, I he, guess. Had, he had the vision when he was like being evacuated from spain last march so that was the impetus for this <laughs> no it's a really tight song with great lyrics i like it all right thank you he's been doing this since he was seven he's a professional people he's 22 now all right <laughs> so before we get back to our guests i just want to give a quick shout out to joanna silver she wrote a book called growing weed in the garden she is going to be talking to me i think in march because i have literally no green thumb and everyone says i need to start having a relationship with this plant so we're going to have her on maybe one maybe two like little segments to talk about just beginner people what we should be afraid of and what we should know and she has this great little book that's pink so i think it's awesome so all right Back with Mindy and Mandy. Let's see. The Mindy and Mandy show. Is that still going? Oh, uh, yeah. Thing? We'd love to talk about the Mindy and Mandy oh, show. Oh, let's talk about that for the last couple of minutes. All right. So the Mindy and Mandy show was really a brain show. Well, actually, truth be told, really truth. Mindy and I have always wanted to have our own TV shows. <laughs> we <just> always <laughs> wanted to. And whenever Mindy and I are together, it's always the best work day because we get a lot done, but we laugh 
the whole day. Oh, you're going to laugh. Yeah. Really good at making fun of ourselves and making light of hard situations. And so we decided that when COVID hit, that was going to be our real time to really start talking about Kamiya. And we wanted a platform to also feature all of these amazing legacy operators in the industry who are doing such great things with social equity or for social equity and just amazing female pioneers in the industry as well. Yeah, we just met so many people, so many amazing, inspiring people were like, same thing with you. So like how the appreciation between this podcast and letting people tell their stories, it's like, oh my gosh, everybody has to know about you. We need to get you on the show, but we're also doing it different and doing it in a fun, happy. It's it's the stories. Don't you think it's the stories? It's the only way we're going to change people's minds. Facts don't seem to work, but when you hear a story that you relate to and you feel something, that's what is shifting people's perspectives. Yeah. And on the show, our goal really was to also just have some fun because we get executives on these kinds of shows all the time and they talk about what they're doing for work, but we really don't get to know like the person very much. Mm-hmm. Right? So that's what I love about your show. You get more into the person. And for us, we like, we play games. We have a couple of regular segments on there where Mindy- So is, is, it, is this YouTube? Is this video too? Cause it's, it's on YouTube. Yeah. It's, yeah. Cause I've seen it like, 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 like a little, describe what it is. Like a little studio. It looks like, um, like you're going to Yeah, Oprah. we have a little studio. <laughs> at Kamiya and um, we just film an episode every two weeks we have a special guest come on and we play games Mindy does a weekly tarot reading we have a segment called what's in Mandy's stash bag because I always <laughs> have fun and exciting products in my That's stash a good bag one. Mm-hmm. and we our goal is to make people laugh ultimately we want to have yes. fun we are not afraid to be a little bit silly in front of the camera we're on a Valentine's Day actually we're going to be doing a Zoom session and we're going to record it and everybody is allowed to come on, but we're going to do a Galentine's brunch. So Mindy and Mandy are going to be making brunch. Okay. And we're going to do it on Zoom and we hope that all of our gals out there will join us on Valentine's morning. Well, that's exciting. All right. When I'm like, I keep saying, I'm going to go to California when we can travel again. I'm going to go up and down the coast because I have so many people to see now. And <laughs> be on the Mindy and Mandy show. Tour guide when you come. <laughs> I love that. You're my Sherpa. You can be my North California cannabis Sherpa. All right. So we are actually up against time. What is coming up for 2021? What are you hoping for, ladies? You made it through 2020. What's happening in 2021? We're going to crush this. Year, yeah. Maybe. So we have um, scale throughout the year. So first we came out with some flour on the market. So prepackaged eights. And we also have CBD, THC varieties to for everybody to find their sweet spot. And then we came out with pre-rolls. And then last year we launched our number one product at the moment, which is our rose petal pre-roll. All right. These are sound so amazing. I keep seeing them. We don't have any of these out here. All right. All right. Describe it to people who I've been watching these and I don't know where they are, but they're not here yet. Okay. Describe what it is. So So the rose petal pre-roll is an organic edible rose petal that it delicately wraps the cannabis and you smoke it. Yeah. And then we launched our, you know, first manufactured product with our legacy manufacturer, which is our drink mixes. So they're sugar-free vegan, gluten-free, healthy option in the dispensary, which is very- The, veg, the, the drinks are big now. I've been reading yeah. a lot about these, yeah. We have a powdered cocoa, which is THC, and then we have a high CBD chakra chai. It's called our Zen Sips line. And for oh. 2021, 
we are doing some spring drinks in um, the springtime where it's going to be more refreshing ice drinks. And then also we are going to launch a beauty line, which we had been working oh, on for a long that's great. time. It's when COVID hit, we looked at the data and people were not at the time buying beauty products or buying edibles. And so that is why we launched our Zen Sips first. But we do plan to do that. And then Kamiya is actually launching into um, Seattle or Washington State, State oh. with um, a flower line. Next so, month. Next month. So oh, March, that's exciting. March, so March, that's, sorry, that's beginning March. You guys have. You've been busy. So, all right. So these yeah. are in dispensaries. <laughs> yeah. What, whatever. Uh, so you're in dispensaries in California and yes. just sure. now you're in California. Okay. So yeah. just in California, friends, someday they'll yeah, be somewhere else. Washington starting in March. In Washington starting. Okay. So you're hearing all about these things first here on the Cannamom show. We're a local, <laughs> but we're national. <laughs> so I'm yeah. never going to see it. All right. So how do they connect? How, if they want to reach you, are you on Clubhouse? Yeah, are you well, doing that stuff? Our you social just... media handle is really easy. It's Kamia MFG, spelled K-H-E-M-I-A-M-F-G. You can find us on literally every handle, Instagram, LinkedIn, Facebook. And then our website is the same thing. It's just www.kamiamfg.com. Yeah. And the Mindy and Mandy show, where's oh, that? Oh, and the Mindy that? and Mandy show, of course, at, at Mindy and Mandy show mm-hmm. on YouTube, Instagram, and Facebook. All right. All right. Everything will be in the notes because everything is always in the notes. I hope you read the notes. All right. <laughs> so thank you. Thank you, ladies, for Mindy and Mandy of Kimia. Any last parting words? Just have a great day. What's going on Smoke out there? Smoke weed every day. Smoke <laughs> weed every day, Mom. Okay. <laughs> thank you for letting us come on. And buy, buy weed from women. Yes. Buy, buy yeah. weed from women. <laughs> Actually, that's, that's who I'm making a women of cannabis quilt, the women of the Technicolor cannabis quilt. You guys are going to be on it. And, yeah. Uh, I don't know what trying to figure out what to do with it, but maybe it needs to do some kind of fundraiser for women in weed. So here we go. Count us in. We are in. All right. So thanks, Dave, my canna bro. Another great show. Thanks for coming on today and keeping us live and making the show moving. Catherine, our social media guru, another great job keeping everyone up and about and what we're doing at the Canna Mom Show. I want to thank Josh Lampkin and Bella Jaffe for writing and performing the Canna theme music. And We All Live in Hell. I think it's on iTunes. I don't know. You can look for it. You can check out Josh Lampkin, though. His stuff is in the notes. And I want to thank you for taking the time to listen to the Canna Mom Show, where we are talking about caring for and giving voice to women in the emerging cannabis industry. One, can start a time. Follow us on social media, anywhere you listen to your favorite podcast. I'm your host, Joyce Gerber. This is the Canna Mom Show, and we are a production of Pod 617, the Boston Podcast Network. Thanks for listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows. I'm Josh Kincaid, Capital Markets Analyst and host of your cannabis business podcast, The Talking Hedge, and newest member on PodConX. So come on over and check out The Talking Hedge. We talk about business news, interviews, investments, events, all that stuff. So come nerd out with me over at the Talking Hedge. You can find me at the talkinghedgepodcast.com or on all your favorite podcast platforms. Don't forget to like, share and subscribe or don't and I'm out.